0: This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. And anybody who is still drinking milk is a babe. Anyone who is eating strong meat is is mature. So we need to, we need to in a, in alongside our bit, to learn and to develop our physical bodies, we must also put more effort in developing our spirits. That's the point I'm making. We must put more weight in developing that side of you that is unseen because that's the side that will affect everything that is seen ultimately. So Paul said, concerning spiritual things, I will not have you. Agree. In other words, this one, there's no discussion about it. You, I want you informed. I want you educated. I want you to, be, to have knowledge concerning spiritual things. So the study of the, spirit, of the gifts of the Spirit fall under that category of spiritual things. Are we still here tonight? I said, are we still here tonight? He said, that study is a blessing, carries value for a believer both in their personal work with God, in their personal lives, excuse me, and also at a corporate level. In other words, it will bless you. You can it, it, The gifts of the Spirit is something God also puts in your life that you used to be a blessing to others. Understanding spiritual reality is one of the major keys to experiencing the fullness of the life of God in victory and dominion. You know, Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you. <laughs> no wonder in Acts chapter 28, when a viper fastened his hand, the Bible says he shook it off and felt no harm. That's, that's That capacity within his spirit has so grown and it has become transcendent to the level to which even when a snake will bite him and inject venom, what was in his spirit will just... You know, neutralize that (laughs) which. He didn't even pray. He shook it off and felt no harm. That's because what was in the man was a giant. A lot of Christians are spiritual dwarfs. They are big on the outside, they are very tiny on the inside. We need to reverse that order and make sure that you are strong on the outside and you are also strong. On the inside, are we still here? To experience dominion means you have understanding of these things. So we want to define what are the gifts of the Spirit. So tonight's study, we are going to attempt to answer some questions. The first question we want to answer tonight is, what are the gifts of the Spirit? We have talked about the study of the gifts. So what are the gifts? I want us to quickly read through First Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to read from verse 1 to 11. Please pardon me, I'm reading the King James translation. You know, it's the authorized translation, amen? (laughs) I'm just joking. Just just find any translation that works for you. Uh, So the King James 1 says, 12-1, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I will not have you ignorant. You know you were Gentiles, carried away unto dumb idols, as you were led. Therefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. For, now there are, listen to this, now there are diversities of gifts. Diversity means the gifts are, they are pluralistic. There are diversities, not just one type. It's expressed in diversity, in richness. And this is consistent with the nature of God. You will find the way God operates in creation and in the expression of God's creative capacity, that it is always expressed in diversity. That's why when God was making men, you see a man who has a black skin, you see one with a white skin, you see one with a brown skin, you just see diversity. When you see God expressing creation in trees and plants, diversity. Everything, because the grace of God, the nature of God is so rich that when it is expressed, it is expressed in diversity. Praise God. And this is consistent all through the word of God. You know, and all is consistent through all through the word of God and is consistent even when we approach the concept of of the gifts of the Spirit. Four, 4 says there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. So the same Spirit meaning the Holy Spirit, but the expression of the gifts, the gifts are expressed in diversity and in, in, it is in, in pluralistic you know, uh, fashion. It says, and there are differences of administration, but the same Lord. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God that works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, to to profit completely. For to one is given by the spirit the word of knowledge. So now we are beginning to, Paul is beginning to mention the gifts now. He says to one is given the manifestation of the spirit of the word of knowledge. To another, the word of wisdom by the same spirit. To another, faith. By the same spirit. To another the gifts of healing. By the same spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another uh, uh, to another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kind of tongues. To another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. But all these worketh that one and self same spirit. Dividing ev- to every man severally as he wills. In other words God takes the prerogative to determine the gifts that every man is going to that is going to be expressed through every man so the gifts that every man has is essentially to a large extent you know what god determines that okay through this person um because if we told we are all going to cherry pick <laughs> you know somebody say no this is a gift i want this this, this one i don't want no it doesn't operate that way he divides to every man as he will But at some level, you can also desire certain gifts, you know, and there are ways by which you can also desire. But most importantly, you will function most effectively in the gifts that is more connected to either your office or to the assignment to which God has called you. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So I just wanted you to have an overview of the whole thing. So Paul begins to say there are diversities of gifts, the same spirit difference of administration, the same Lord; diversity of operation, the same God, and that the Holy Ghost is the one walking through each of those gifts, the manifestation, and the operation of all of those gifts, dividing severally to every man as he wills. Are we still here? You see, the body is the body of Christ, and the body is made up of many parts. You know, you have the hand, the eye, the leg, the mouth, the neck, and all of that. And the body together, coherently fits and put together by God, can function as one body. But each of us we belong to a particular part of that body. The guess what? You don't even choose your part. <laughs> it's the way God wired and sculptured and formed you and shaped you and uniquely placed you in the body. So your body function. It's not your prerogative it's your discovery you are the one that will discover what part of the body you belong and then you 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 and you find it then you can begin to function there paul said let every man abide in the calling wherewith he was called first corinthians 7 i believe is verse 10 so god is one that puts us in the body Um, by his sovereign will determines which part of the body that you and I belong in. So he has wired us uniquely. He has sculpted us and endowed us uniquely to function in the part that he has placed us that we belong. Are we still here? That's why certain people you can step out of your function by determining, by wanting to function like somebody else. For instance, I can't wake up now and decide I want to sing in the choir. Are we still here? <laughs> By the time I raise the first tune, even all of you will know that uh, something is wrong here. <laughs> Praise God. Even the angels will leave the service, <laughs> because the kind of uh, frequency and key that I will raise <laughs> the instrumentalists will not even find the key on the keyboard. <laughs> Praise God. Why? Uh, you may not be wired uniquely for that. Because those who function there, there is a wiring, there is a gift of God in their lives that allows them to function in that part. Do we get that? Do we get that? So now we are moving further. So I just want to say, what are the gifts? So we look at our manual. The gifts of the Spirit, we are trying to define them now and to bring some understanding and clarity. To the gifts of the spirit. Said the gifts of the spirit are divine abilities and operations that the Holy Ghost manifests through believers. Are you a believer? Question. Are you a believer? Are you a believer? Are you a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ? As Lord, curious and Savior. So if you are a believer, the gifts of the Spirit is something the Holy Ghost has endowed you with that he wants to manifest through you. Amen? I said amen. And when the gifts are in manifestation through you, they become what? Well, a blessing to the body of Christ. They become a blessing to other people. You notice that no tree eats its own fruit. No tree eats its own fruit. The fruit of every tree is for other people, not the tree itself. (laughs) That's the irony. No tree, have you seen a mango devouring his own mango? It's not possible, you know. But What God, the Holy Ghost produces through us or wants to bring into manifestation and operation in the gifts of the Spirit is for other people. It's so that you can serve, so that you can be a blessing. And aside from that, even it's a blessing to you at a personal level. It's a blessing to you at a personal level. So it's what the, their divine abilities Operations and manifestations that the Holy Ghost brings or wants to manifest through every believer. They are supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit that every believer is meant to operate and manifest from time to time. Every one of us, we are meant to manifest the gifts of the Spirit from time to time. It's not just something that happened five years ago and then you go quiet from time to time the spirit the gift should be in operation i was thinking about this today and i was thanking god for the gifts of Spirit. because when i got saved in college it was one of the things that god used in bringing me to that place where i was fully persuaded that no god was moving in my life let me explain I walked into a meeting. My friend had to force me, chase me in the room, in the hostel those days in college in Nigeria, chase me with a knife and say, you must go. And eventually I went. So when I got to the meeting and they had the altar call, I came out and then I raised my hands and I took the sinner's prayer. And immediately after we took the sinner's prayer, the pastor said, don't go back to where you are sitting. Just sit behind the pastors. So I sat behind them. And then I was thinking, what's going on? Is this real? You know, what's going on? So the pastor that was preaching, after preaching, he handed over the microphone to another brother. And that brother just picked up the microphone, walked, you know, he picked up the microphone, he walked around a little bit. And then all of a sudden, he just walked straight to me. And he pointed his hands at me. I said, God has begun to deal with you. He's bringing you to a new experience of life. Can you imagine that? I was just giving my life to Christ it was a powerful witness that god had started doing something in my life perhaps i needed it because see i came to that meeting with my bad boyfriends we filled an entire row. <laughs> so if i left that meeting i was going to go back with those guys you know but god was dealing with my heart at a deep level a strength of conviction as to the fact that something had happened me i had become a child of god that confirmation came through the gift of the word of knowledge so we need the gifts god sends those gifts to our lives and they are a blessing to us are we still here he said when the gifts of the spirit are in operation it releases the blessing of the lord to an an individual either to a group or to a church it releases at a corporate level, at a national level, in such a manner that Christ is glorified and the kingdom of God advances. When the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, it releases a blessing. We are blessed, we are strengthened. Can you imagine somebody came to church with fibroid scheduled for an operation? And when the Holy Ghost is moving, the gifts of Healing are in operation, and the person's fibroid disappears. Isn't the person blessed? Isn't that family blessed? They were going to go under the knife, maybe. So these are the things the Holy Ghost does. That he can take things and through the gifts of the Spirit, he can release revival. Most of the preaching we are preaching today, can you imagine if, if one, one dead person just got up? I haven't been in the mug for two weeks. <laughs> confirmed though. Dead, confirmed. They put him in freezer. Everything and the guy knocks the place, and I'm I'm okay now. (laughs) Can you imagine the powerful witness of the Word of God and the gospel? Why? Because a gift of the working of miracles of faith just manifested somewhere. So, without the gifts of the Spirit, our gospel witness will be weak. Moses said to God, How will I know? How will I tell them that you sent me? <laughs> How will I tell them they don't know you? Then you are talking to me to go and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. How? How will they know that you sent me? What are the proofs? What are the signs? What are the authenticity that they will know
1: that the I am
0: sent you? Uh, God said, Okay, drop your stick. <laughs> it became a serpent. Pick it up. It became a stick. Put your hand in your bosom, he put it, bring it out. It was white as lepra, less as, as, as someone that had leprosy. Put it back in, he put it back in, he brought it out, it was whole again. <laughs> Third one, pour water on the ground, pour it, it became blood. And he said, So with these signs, they will know that the I am sent you. You can't argue with certain levels of manifestation. Even the enemy tries to, you know, use it too, because it's effective. Because effective, our gospel witness. That's why we need the gifts in operation to back our gospel witness. The gospel as we preach, with signs and wonders following, so that men can believe that that gospel being preached is the truth. He like said, God also bearing them witness with signs and wonders and the gifts of the Spirit and miracles according to His will. Hebrews chapter twelve, chapter two, I believe it's verse two. God also bearing them witness. So God bears witness with signs and that is part of the operation or manifestation of the gifts of the spirit. Are we still here? The gifts of the spirit can be likened to weapons and arsenals that God equips the church with in order to advance the kingdom of God and by defeating and subverting the operations of the enemy. So God is going to send all of us into the world, going into the world and preach the gospel. It's like sending an army Do you send an army without giving a soldier, do you send a soldier to war without giving him the equipment to do that war, to fight that battle? No military on earth, no nation sends soldiers (laughs) they don't have any weapon. I mean, they are dead right there. So when you see a soldier, he's kitted. He's carrying his M16. He's carrying all those gadgets and, and all of that. This is kitted for war. So when God is releasing us as believers, as the church, we are going into battle. So he equips us with the tools, with the arsenals that we need to be able to be effective in the battle. So they are like weapons. They are not toys. They are They are powerful weapons. Let me tell us a story in, in time of uh, Elisha. There was a time the king of Syria said, Oh, there is a, there is a, there is a, a, a betrayer in our midst. He said, What? Well, he said, Every time we want to attack Israel, it's as if the, the king of Israel will know the roots at which we want to come. He said, "Sir, there is not anybody here. He said, There is Elisha the prophet. Who tells the king the very things you do in your bedchamber? In other words, Elisha so operated in the world of knowledge that the very secrets of the king, Elisha will tell the other king. Can you imagine that level of intelligence? Even in the natural military, They talk, talk about intelligence, right? Intelligence gathering, meaning to know the enemy, to know their strengths, to know their weaknesses, to know their capacities, to know what they have, to know their strategy. That gives you an advantage, isn't it? So that's part of what God gives us in equipping us. So God equips you, so you are not you are not um, you are not disempowered as a believer. You have what it takes, not only to survive but to subvert your enemy. God did not put you in the battle without equipping you for the battle. God did not send you into a battle and he sent you empty-handed. With nothing. No. He equipped you with certain gadgets. (laughs) If you will. Certain tools. Certain weaponry. Certain arsenals. Certain giftings. The gifts of the spirit is what he gives you so that you can be effective. Discernment. Can you imagine just discernment alone? What it can do. Not to talk about all the other gifts of the spirit. Are we still here? Are we still here? So those are the gifts of the Spirit. They are divine manifestations. The Holy Spirit manifesting through a man in either of the gifts in order to release a blessing or in order to bring victory or healing or to advance the kingdom of God. So the, it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It is manifested in diversity. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Let's go on to the next thing we want to look at. The purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. So we have defined what the gifts are. We want to now look at their purpose. What is the purpose? Miles Monroe said, when purpose is not known, abuse is inevitable. A lot of people do not know the purpose for the gifts of the Spirit. So if you have something but you don't know the purpose of it, you will use it for the wrong thing, right? You will deploy it for reasons other than the reason for which it was given. Praise the Lord. So we need to understand there are you know the purpose of the or the purposes of the gifts of the spirit. Number one, he said, the gifts are given for profit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 7. He says, But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. So when he says profit, there, the Greek word means common good. It means common good. So the manifestation of you is given to every man for common good. The good of all. Another meaning of the Greek word used there is that for the word prophet means it is given for advantage. I love that one. <laughs> it means I have advantage. The gifts of the spirit, the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man for advantage. Meaning that you have advantage. Can you imagine if we're tapping into the flows of the, of the gifts of the Spirit, we are unstoppable. Who can compete with you when you already know what will happen in three days' time ahead of time? I mean, you, you are, uh, the dimension you are operating in is, is beyond the natural. That's why, that's the dimension Joseph operated in. The, the, the Pharaoh had a dream and could not interpret it. They said, go and bring that Hebrew. There's a boy. There's a Hebrew boy. And when he came there, he began to interpret the dreams and all of that. Because he was, he was operating at a dimension. Look at Daniel. That one was even more profound. Nebuchadnezzar had a dream and could not even remember his dream. And they scored all the wise men, sorcerers, all those guys in Babylon. <laughs> they said to the king, this thing you are asking us is, is beyond us. <laughs> it's in the realm of the God whose dwelling is not in flesh, they said. The guy is beyond our dimension. And the king said, oh, okay. I know you guys are trying to play a fast one on me. <laughs> By giving me a false dimension, okay. If you can tell me the dream, I will believe the interpretation. What a difficult king! And then he says, if they cannot do it, all of them should be all of them should be killed. Yeah. Can you, well, imagine working under that kind of a boss. <laughs> what kind of thing is this? You, is, you, what is, you know, in Nigeria, what kind of wahala is this? You are the one that had the dream. You couldn't even remember your own dream. You expect me to remember your own dream, which I didn't dream. And then what kind of... The king was impossible. But he said, let Daniel head, and Daniel sought for the king time. And he went, and he sought mercies of God concerning the... The Bible says, and then was the secret revealed to Daniel in a night vision. (laughs) Hey, when Daniel got it, He began to pray. He said, God, you are the revealer of secrets. You dwelleth in light. You see everything in darkness. You are the changer of times and seasons. So they brought him to the king. I said, oh, king, this is what this vision you saw in your bed. You saw an image. (laughs) And he began to unravel it. He began to unpack it. So this, can you imagine? I'm just making that to illustrate the point to us. That when we function at, the, at this frequency, we are absolutely unstoppable. The reason why we are disadvantaged is because we are not tapping into the weaponry, into the resources, into the capacities that God has given us because we are supposed to have the advantage. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to have advantage. You not be struggling. But because we don't develop our spiritual senses... Because we develop every other thing other than our spirit. So our spirit capacity is undeveloped. Unexercised. It is there, but we are not using it. So the time has come. I believe that's this is the wisdom that God led our pastor to, to, to say we should look at this subtopic so that we can begin to tap into a frequency where you, even you're competing. How can, you, how can people compete with you at this dimension? How? Think about it. This frequency is beyond the natural. These spiritual things gives you an advantage. So this is our advantage. It's not the English we are speaking. (laughs) This is the advantage. The operation of the gifts. The capacities and the manifestation of the... This is our advantage. This is where we, we have advantage over the world. This is where our advantage is. Praise God. I said, praise God. I said, praise God. This is our advantage. When Moses got off Egypt, he threw his rod, the, 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 the uh, Egyptian magicians, uh, ah, we know this one, we've been doing this one too. They dropped their sticks too and it became serpents. And then his own swallowed their own and was not fatter. <laughs> he picked up the stick, the stick was as it was and theirs had disappeared. Praise God. There's a question. How can I discover and manifest the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit has put in me? We'll get to that very shortly. There are certain tendencies, things that want to rise up in you from time to time. You will feel certain urges. You will feel certain pulls. You will feel certain de- uh, desires within you from time to time that the Holy Ghost will stir up within you. Those are the, the gifts He has put in your life. Sometimes some of you sleep and you have dreams. And in those dreams, you see things either about yourself or about other people. That's the gift in operation. So you can discover the gift, just look at yourself, and the things that God will stay you from time to time. You will find out that you have one strong tendency for something than the other. Some people's gifts are revealed by the, by the things that unlock their compassion. Let me explain. Most of the people that have the gifts of healing usually feel a sense of pain and anguish when they see the sick. So if you see the sick and it doesn't move you, just walk past them. It's doubtful if you have any healing gift. (laughs) And it's okay. You may not have. You may have a gift in something else. Not everything unlocks our compassion. So, most of the people that have a healing ministry are usually heavy burdened by things. So, these are the things where we begin to talk about spiritual things. We are saying, Know your burden. What moves you? What drives you? You know, what are the things that interest you? What burdens do you have? What passion do you have? So, it comes through your dreams. Sometimes it comes through just natural things you do, and you just find a supernatural ability. That is manifest. Sometimes we don't even pay attention to it because sometimes we think it must happen in one spectacular. No, no, no. It can be as naturally, supernaturally natural that we miss it. Because it's something that is in you. And it will manifest from time to time. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. And when you are hungry to know the gifts of God in your life, you can pray and say, Lord, what gifts? It's okay to ask. It's okay to set time apart so that you can be more discerning and you can know this gift has been in operation. I remember working in college. There are folks where when they pray for the sick, the sick get healed easily. without. It's not a struggle. It's so easy for them to get the sick to be healed. Once they pray, simple prayer. You see? Some other people, you pray for one hour. <laughs> the sick, the headache still is still very much there. <laughs> but some other people do it so easily. So you find out that the things you do with ease is usually where that communicates or shows us that there is a gift in that regard. Second purpose, they are given to confirm and to strengthen the message and the word of God. Mark 16:20. the gifts are given to confirm and to strengthen. I already mentioned that, uh, you know, that God's witness, the gospel witness is, is, is also the gifts back it up. Back it up. We are going, how do you command attention without the supernatural? You are preaching, nobody's getting healed, nothing is happening. No, 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 no. But when things happen, wow. It strengthens it. People are attracted. Listen, people are naturally attracted to the supernatural. Whether it is the false supernatural or the real supernatural. Why? In the heart of all of us, we are actually supernatural beings. So anytime we see something that is supernatural, we will naturally gravitate towards it, but then we need we have to be careful to be sure is this really God or is it because the enemy also manifests stuff? Oh, praise the Lord! I said, Praise the Lord! So they are given to confirm Mark sixteen twenty, and they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders. I remember many years ago, I saw an old man. Who had been? Uh, it was the outproduct of the Babalola revival of the CAC in Nigeria and West Africa. And brethren, if you study church history, that's the most one of the greatest, most authentic indigenous revival in the continent of Africa. It happened in the 1930s. In fact, that is the revival that brought the release of of baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues to the continent of Africa. It was the Apostle I Babalola revival in the 1930s. So I saw an old man, he was telling me about it. He said, when God called Babalola to be an apostle, so there was a particular day, there was a group that had been praying for revival and God told them he was going to raise a mighty apostle. To spearhead that revival. So they had heard that this Babalala guy was doing, you know, God was using him mightily. He was going from place to place. So they sent him to Ibadan to, so that they can come and talk with him to know whether he was the one or not. So they, there was a building where they were at the top floor of the building and they were having their meeting and the babalola man was sitting waiting for them to call him also he can explain to them and all of that while the meeting was going on they were carrying a woman was carrying the crowd was carrying the corpse of a young man to go and bury and so babalola stood up and came out and told the, the whole crowd to stop and then he prayed for the man and the man got up now the noise that was you know the commotion these guys who were praying—is he the one or? The one? <laughs> it, they stopped their meeting. That miracle was the confirmation that he was the man. So God confirms with signs and wonders. Following, the Bible says Jesus, a man of God, approved of God by signs and wonders. We God did through him. We God did through him. So the, that was the meeting. Meeting ended. Interview passed. Because the dead man rose and began to talk. The, the whole street, the whole environment scattered. And so they because God told them that prophet he will raise, he will be a prophet of signs and wonders. And then they saw it. So God confirms the message. Look at Mark 16:20. They went and preached everywhere. God, God walking with them and confirming the word. So with signs. Those signs are miraculous healings, deliverances, which are in the purview of the gifts of the Spirit. Can we move on? You see that also in Acts 8, verse 6. Acts chapter 8 and verse 6. Can we open to Acts 8, verse 6 real quick? Acts 8, 6 says, And the people with one accord paid attention to the things Philip spoke. Notice, they paid attention to the things that Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. So what captured their attention? What caused them to pay attention to what he said was the miracles that they heard and they saw. Look at the next verse. Verse, he um, said, four unclean spirits crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them and many taken with pulses, which is paralysis, and that were lame were healed. So he commanded attention because of the signs. So the gifts of the Spirit God gives us in order to bring focus and attention to the message. The message is where the salvation is, not the signs. But we need the, the signs so that people can believe the message. Even Jesus said it in John 4, 48. Except they see signs, they will not believe. They will not believe. So that's why God furnishes us with the gifts of the Spirit so that signs can be wrought, so that they can believe. And I believe that the harvest that is going to come, the harvest that is a global harvest coming, church, a harvest of souls, that harvest is going to be brought in through mighty signs and wonders. Mighty signs and wonders. I was reading years ago, the late Archbishop Benson went had a crusade in Ghana. Many years ago, I think it was in the, in the, either the late 70s or the very early 80s. Ghana under, then was under a military rule. And he had this crusade in Ghana, in, in Accra, Ghana. And as he was driving, when they brought him from the airport and he was going... They were building a skyscraper by the side of the road and one of the workers fell from the top and landed on the ground. And when the guy fell and landed, his head was, <laughs> the guy was dead. His head broke and scattered in many places. So the Archbishop told them, stop the car. So they stopped, he came down. gathered the pieces of the man's head and put it together <laughs> and prayed. But with that, he has one terrible tongue like that. And he prayed in the name of Jesus. And the dead the head came back, and the man got up. Listen, the whole of Accra came for the crusade, mm-hmm. literally. Even the president of Ghana came for the crusade. That miracle was what God used to advertise it. No poster. <laughs> so that's how God uses to advertise meetings, signs, and wonders. People can't ignore it. The president then, Jerry Rollins, he came. What kind of what's happening here? That's that you can't ignore that. So that's why God equips people with that supernatural ability to bring forth signs and wonders. Are we here today? The gifts of the spirit gives believers a clear advantage over the enemy. Second Corinthians two eleven. He said, Let Satan have the advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of the ways by which the gifts of the Spirit helps us as believers is that He furnishes us with information about the enemy. I talked about that earlier. Intelligence, intelligence. Can you imagine when your enemy, somebody is trying to attack you, and God is already showing you ahead of time, avoid this, don't eat this. <laughs> intelligence. So He gives us an advantage over the enemy because it's one of the ways that God uses the gifts to unpack or to uncover our enemy and let us know his plans his strategy so that we can avoid it for the gifts of the three gives us clearer direction regarding the will of god at critical moments in the life of a believer acts chapter 10 verse 3 this one for me is a classic any day anytime cornelius and peter two men one a gentile the other a jew both operating under two different juris, uh, legal jurisdictions. Peter was operating under the law. The, uh, Cornelius was a Gentile. And yet, heaven needed to bring these two men together so that the gospel can there can be a shift in the momentum and the direction of the gospel from just the Jews to the Gentiles. Look at what happened in Acts 10:3. Two different men. And look at how God brought them together. We're not going to spend too much time on it, but I just want you to see. Acts 10, verse 3. He said, and Cornelius, look at verse 3. He said, and he saw a vision evidently about the night hour of the day. And the angel of the Lord said to him, you know, and said to him, Cornelius, and he looked up. He said, look at verse 5. And, and now the angel said to him. You know, he said your prayer and your arms your giving is come up to God as a memorial. Now send men to Jopa and call for one Simeon whose son name is Peter. So it was the angel that told him Peter's name. It was the angel that told him Peter's location. <laughs> Interesting. You know, so God is here dealing with Cornelius. And then look at what God is dealing with Peter. Same same person. Look at um, Look at verse 9. It says Peter went to the top of the house to pray at the sixth hour, and he became hungry and would have eaten. But while he was, they were making him ready to eat, he fell, and the heavens were open, and he saw a trance. And he saw animals, all manner of four-footed beasts, that the law had commanded them not to eat unclean animals. And God, a voice said, arise, kill and eat. He said, Lord, I'm not eating that which is unclean. God was using that to bring understanding to Peter concerning the flow of the gospel to the Gentiles because they were considered unclean. And now, look at what he says. You know, and while Peter was wondering what this dream meant, verse 17, people came and said they were looking for Peter. People that came from Cornelius came and said they were looking for one Simon Peter. And then the Holy Ghost said, don't be afraid, go with them. And if you read further, you see the great things that happened there. Why Peter here yes, spake this word? The Holy Ghost fell on them. And all of them were amazed that the Holy Ghost fell on Gentiles. Because this was the first recorded time that the Gentiles also were receiving the blessedness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So look how God was bringing two men together so that they can create history. Two different men had to be brought Cornelius, the one who was hungry for God, Peter, the one who had the resource. <laughs> heaven must bring the two together so that something can happen. You and I are beneficiaries of what happened in Acts chapter 10 because we are Gentiles. We are, we are beneficiaries of that legacy of those movements and things that happened on that day and it happened through the oppression of the gifts of the spirit. So it gives a blessing. It releases direction. Peter knew he had to go It was clear. The vision came and the conviction of the Holy Ghost. Without that, Peter will not go. He said, I've never eaten that which is unclean. I'm a Jew. God was saying, no, 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 no. What God has called holy, don't call unholy. So this was a new dispensation where faith in Christ is given to all men, not only Jews. (laughs) But Peter was slow on the uptake. (laughs) So the Holy Ghost was walking in him and walking through his paradigm that was not aligned with the current nature and reality of truth. And then God was bringing him into that reality so that things can happen. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Finally, the gifts of the spirit brings God's awesome power into operation that results in victory and supernatural manifestations in seeming impossible situations. This gifts of the spirit operates, gift of faith, miracles. There was a time the, the, the tax people came to Jesus. Said, wouldn't you pay tax? He told Peter, go to the river. The first fish you will pull out, open his mouth, you'll see a coin in it. You will use it to pay them. Isn't that Miracles. That's the gift of miracles. So we see all of that happening. Those are part of the purposes of the gifts so that we have, we experience miracles in our lives on a consistent basis. God does it in us and he also does it through us. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So I want to go on to the next thing. Who are the gifts for? Who are the gifts of the spirit for? Because when we talk about this, some people in church say it's for the pastor. It's for pastor. Me, I'm not a pastor. Me, I'm not, I'm just me. No, no. <laughs> no. The gifts of the spirit is for every child of God. The Bible says, he said the gift of the spirit is for every believer, every bona fide child of God. First Corinthians 12. He said the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Every man. When that word man, there is the word that means man and woman. For in Christ there is neither male nor female. The manifestation is given to every man. So you fall under every man. (laughs) Every woman. Every child of God. God has endowed you with certain gifts. You didn't come empty. We talked about it earlier. Nobody sends soldiers to the war without giving them the equipment That they need for battle. So every child of God. The scripture says the manifest. Is given to every man. Even a housewife. You need the gifts of the spirit. (laughs) Praise God. As a mother. You need the gifts of the spirit. One of your child is misbehaving. Is acting funny. You need to tap into the spirit. Could it be an attack? Could it be the enemy is paying attention? Have you spent enough time to even discern the purpose of each of your children? So you will know how to pray for them because the way you pray for A is going to be different from the way you pray for B. Why? Because each child is uniquely formed and is unique in their purpose. So even everybody needs it. You need the gifts of the Holy Ghost. He's given to every man for profit, for advantage, for the common good. Look at another scripture that brought us to that point. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts 2, 38 also says the same thing. Peter speaking here, he said, Repent. He said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for the promise is unto you and to your children, and unto all that are far off, whom even as many as the Lord shall call. This is Peter on the day of Pentecost, saying, you guys repent, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Obviously, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is the gateway to the gifts of the Spirit. He says, and this promise is to you, to your children, even unto them that are far off. So it's for all of us. Praise God. Praise God. So don't exclude yourself. Say, no, the gifts don't be lies. it's for pastor now. So when pastor is in church, pastor says, say, I see somebody here. You know, I see somebody here. God has told me this. Great. But you also need it in your home. You need it in your life. You need the gifts of the Spirit of God operating in your life. If you're a man, you need it. If you're a child, you need it. <laughs> yeah, you need the gift. That gift, the word of knowledge, you can be able to sense things. You're able to know things ahead of time. You're able to tap into the intelligence of God. You need that. And some even the evil miracles. Look at Jesus. Jesus when they came in, in John chapter 2, and Jesus went to that wedding in Canaan, and the wine had finished. And the mother said to them, whatsoever he tells you to do, <laughs> that's his secret. Oh. That's his secret. I know him. He's my son. We live in his house. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it exactly the way he said it, even if it doesn't make sense to your mind. Because now he's telling them, go and fill the water pots with water. Oh, what kind of wine is this one? That instruction was easier. The next one, draw to the governor of the feast. Oh, but it's water we put in the jars. A, but they did it because the mother told them, do it exactly the way he said it. Because the gift is for everybody. She knew how to, how to, how to you know, she, had it, she knew his number. She knew how to, you know, how to activate his grace. So the gift is for you. Look at Mark chapter 16. I want to to emphasize this point so that nobody will say a gift is for pastor. And me, I'm not a pastor. (laughs) But you're a child of God. Hopefully, (laughs) you're a child of God. And as long as you're a child of God, the gift is yours. You have some gifts. You might even have gifts in your life that the pastor may not have. Because you are uniquely formed for your own unique function. So you might have certain gifts that is unique to you within the context of your unique assignment and your purpose. So that's why we need everybody. And that's why you always notice the pastor to encourage everybody to serve because he knows that we need everybody. Nobody left behind. Isn't that the military code? No man left behind. Because everybody is valuable and everybody is important. Are we still here? Mark chapter 16, verse 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. What is the condition for the signs? Them that believe. Is it them that jump up? Is it them that go and climb the mountain and come down? Yeah? You know, sometimes in Nigeria, those when you want to see somebody manifest, they will first do some drama. <laughs> no, he said, no. The signs answer to faith. Them that believe. So, if you're a believer, the signs are meant to follow you. In my name, they shall cast out demons. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they will lay hands on you. See, they will recover. And in my name, if they drink poison, it will not hurt them. So the signs follow the believer who believes. You can can have a (laughs) unbelieving believer. (laughs) You're a believer, yes, but you don't believe in the context of signs and the gifts of the Holy Ghost. Because of ignorance. My people perish. For lack of knowledge. Remember where we started from? Paul said, concerning spiritual things, I will not have you. In other words, I will not tolerate ignorance in this respect. Are we here? Are we here? So I said, make bold to say to every one of us tonight, you have some gifts in your life. You have the gifts of the spirit in you. Is in you. is in you. Is in you. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, he said, Wherefore I give unto you, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Stir up. It's already there. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. For God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Paul didn't say, I'm coming to you. He said, The thing is there. Stir it up. Stir it up. If you put some sugar in your coffee, And you don't stir that coffee (laughs) with the stirrer. Even though the sugar will be there, it will sink to the bottom. And you will not taste it until you almost finish the (laughs) dinner. But it's there. So we stir up the gift. Because it's already there. I want you to say the gifts of the spirit are already in my life. The gifts of the spirit are already inside me. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you notice that even when God is going to turn people's situation around, he usually uses what they already have. One woman ran to Elisha and said, my husband, you the sons of a prophet. One of these, you know, you know my husband, that he feared the Lord and is and dead, and now the bondmen have come to take one of my children. So that prophet borrowed money and used one of his children, his children as collateral. Praise God. And now he's dead, and they came for their loan. And now she's not able to pay. They want to take the children. And Elisha said, what do you have in your house? Go and see. He said, your servant has nothing. Save a cruise of oil. Elisha said, it's enough. God will always start with something you have. When David was going to fight Goliath... Paul put his arm on him. Saul, rather, put his arm on him. The Bible says, he, when he has said to go, but he took them, he said, I have not proven them. Then he took his shepherd's, <laughs> you know, sling. He went to the brook, picked five smooth souls. And then you, the same weapon he has been using as a shepherd to kill the lion and the bear is this weapon he will use to kill the giant. It's what God has given you. Find it and use it. It may not be spectacular, but it's what He gave you. All of us are always looking at what God gave someone else. Eh? There's a lady in the choir, She's when she sings, even me, I want to sing. <laughs> you know, when she starts that song, oh, this lady can't sing. Thank God for her life. You know, everybody wants to sing. But I know my boundary. And you know your boundary too. (laughs) Everybody else's weapon will always lose good to us. But guess what? You won't win your battles by wearing Saul's armor. You'll win with your own gifts that God has given you. So don't look down on yourself. Don't look down. That gift you have, we need it. Salvation Center needs you, Salvation Center needs your gift. Can you imagine? Pastor told us about the case of a woman who came to this church and somebody hugged her by the door. And that was it for her. She gave her life to cry because somebody hugged her. She had never been hugged, she never felt that kind of love, that kind of warmth. And that was it. So we need you to be you. Praise God. And to walk in your uniqueness, in the gift that God has given you. Word of knowledge is having access. There's a question. How does the gift of word of wisdom differ from knowledge? Simple. Word of wisdom is access to knowledge or information you did not know that is revealed to you or communicated to you by the Holy Spirit in a supernatural way. That's word of knowledge. Word of wisdom is two things. It can be connected, one, to something that is future, or it gives you clarity as to what steps to take to solve a particular problem. Because wisdom is the solution to every problem. So the gift of word of wisdom usually either speaks to a defined end or it speaks to what you need to do to solve a particular intractable problem. While knowledge is about information. You see, what of knowledge is somebody standing here, I see somebody here, when you came to the church this morning, you are feeling pain on your shoulder. You see, the pastor could not have known he doesn't live with you, he doesn't know you are feeling that pain. It's revealed to him while he's standing at that point. So he has access to that knowledge through the Holy Spirit. But what of wisdom is saying, tomorrow about this time, something will happen. Or God telling Joshua, go around the wall one day, once, and on the seventh day, go seven times. That is strategy. That's giving him what steps to take in order to solve that problem. That's wisdom. And after I applied it, it worked. What a wisdom also sometimes can connect to futuristic stuff, whereby somebody can determine the end of a matter, can see the end of a thing and said next week there's going to be X, Y, Z, and all of that, and, and all of that. And Word of wisdom can also be revelatory in terms of uncovering what is ahead. Sometimes prophecy also can do that. He said, what do you do when you feel passion for one thing, but feel like your life is being directed in a, another part, especially when you prayed about changing directions, but it feels you are supposed to stay? This looks like someone who is struggling. Listen, you feel one thing, but you are directed in a different thing. Seems to me like there's some internal conflict in that. Listen, when you are conflicted, take time to have clarity about something. Ask questions, receive counsel, receive godly counsel, spend time to pray, wait on God, get clarity. Because it simply means that you are like, it's like that blind man that Jesus prayed for. Say, do you see? Say, I see men like trees. So there's no clarity in terms of, of passion and direction. So God said, so Jesus touched him again. He said, okay, you could see well. He could see well. So what this means to me is that there's there not enough clarity concerning what you are praying about and the directions you, are, you believe you are hearing. You feel there is some form of conflict between the two. There might not even be a conflict. It might just be the interpretation you are giving it and the paradigm you are approaching it with. So at this stage, what I can tell you this is to seek godly counsel, you know. Pray a little more, seek godly counsel, and someone can say, okay, is this what you're going through? How about this? How about this? How about that? And usually God already has positioned every one of us in a place where we can have access to divine and to godly counsel. Are we still here? So that's what I will say about that. When there is a conflict within you, between what you feel, and the direction you feel that you are receiving. Are we here? So we talked about you being comfortable in your own skin, knowing that God has endowed you with gifts and using your gifts, being comfortable, being, discovering what they, what they are, you know, asking yourself questions. Why did you feel? Looking at your entire Christian experience. What has been your experience? What are the momentous occasions? What are the turning points? What are the things that have happened? The people, you know, when you look back, you'll be able to see a lot of stuff. The challenge a lot of us have is that we don't analyze us. We don't analyze ourselves enough. And we need to do that. And you'll be able to see some gifts that have been in your life and things that God has dealt with you in times past. And you can see some measure of consistency in some of them you will know that there is a gift that is undergirding that experience or that uh, manifestation in your life. Are we still here? I said that we here. So the signs follow believers. (laughs) Them that believe, the signs will follow. Signs follow believers. If you're a believer, signs should follow you. Science, people are looking for miracles. God said, No, you go, miracles will follow. <laughs> we got the order wrong. <laughs> These signs shall follow. So you should be going ahead. The signs should be coming behind. He never says you go and look for signs. He said the signs should be following us as we serve others. See, one of the things that will release your gifts or bring your gift to the surface is service. It's service. Until you start serving, you will not know what you contain. Philip, Acts 6, Philip and Stephen were deacons, ordained by the apostles. They said there was a problem with the widows in the daily ministration of food. So now they called them, the apostles said, seek for men, seven men among yourselves, men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, who we may appoint over these people. We will give ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the world. So they brought those seven men to the apostles who haven't laid hands on them And these guys were to serve tables, remember? They were to serve tables to distribute food. But while they were distributing food, the Bible says God began to wrought miracles and signs through Stephen. So until you step forward to do the mundane, you will never release the supernatural in you. The reason is some people are waiting for big opportunities. But listen, until you can do the mundane, like serving tables, like cleaning, like serving people, like helping people, while you are in the business of serving in the mundane, your real gift will come to the surface. While Stephen was serving food, helping, the signs and the gifts in his life, they began to manifest. If he never stepped forward to serve tables, he would never have seen those dimensions in him. Service is one of the greatest ways by which your gift will come to the fore. Serve, and you will see your gift. Serve. Because as you serve, you will find out that you will, you will, you will, you, you know, when you serve, you will begin to find something, discover anything about yourself. You'll find this area of service, I'm not getting fulfilled. I really don't think I'm cut out for this. I think I will try this. You, you are already beginning to find yourself. Praise God. So, we want to look at the gifts. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. One, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the gift of faith. I put in brackets, special faith, some translations use that term, the gift of special faith. The gifts of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kind of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. But they are broadly divided into three distinct gifts. Categories. And they they fall under three distinct categories. The first one is revelation gifts. Under revelation gifts, you have word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and discerning of spirit. All these three have something to do with something that is revealed. So they they broadly categorize the nine under three subgroups. The first group is, is revelation gifts. And under revelation gifts, you have word of knowledge, you have word of wisdom, and you have what? Discerning of spirits. One translation says, the ability to discriminate among spirits. <laughs> no Greek is a very interesting translation. You know, to be able to tell which is the spirit of God and which is not. And when that gift is in operation, they, you can, the people can see angels, they can see demons, they can, you know, and all of that. So, those are the category of revelation gifts. The other group is called power gifts. This is the power dimension. And this is gift of healing, the working of miracles, and the gift of special faith. The spirit of special faith is not your own faith. Everybody has faith at a level. This is not your faith, your natural believer level faith that you have grown based on the knowledge of God's word and how much you've practiced and the of it. No, this is a gift. When this gift is in operation, there is a supernatural ability to believe God beyond your natural level of faith. And with it comes an order, an instruction to do something. And when you do, it results usually in either miracles or healing. Something supernatural will always happen. EG, Moses by the Red Sea, stretch your rod and divide it. And when he stretched his rod, so the gift of special faith is different from your normal level of faith. It just comes at that moment, that operation kicks into gear, and you do it, and the result comes. And then you go back to your normal level of faith. (laughs) Because it's the manifestation of the Spirit that comes. And then we finally, we have the third category, is the utterance gifts. And under the utterance gifts you have prophecy. You have diverse kinds of tongues and you have interpretation of tongues. I remember reading about Smith Wigglesworth. He went to Germany to preach. And when he got there, he, he's an Englishman that was raised in Plymouth or something, some part of England. You know, has no access to any German anything. You know, but once he went and he saw a group of German people and as he walked towards them, he found he could speak German, perfect German. And he preached to them and having preached to them as he was living, the German disappeared again. He was back to his English. So diverse kinds of tongues also operate and there are other manifestations of the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. Are we still here? Final question. Do I have the gifts of the Spirit? Do you have the gifts? You've listened to this night's teaching. What do you come away with? Do you contain gifts? Do you have the gifts of the Spirit? So you you have to be affirmative about this. So that is a resounding yes. You do have the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Now, I remember those days, there were guys who were operating at a higher frequency in the gifts. So, the younger ones will go and, you know, gift us a way. Iron, chaponet iron. And gives us a way that when it's operating in someone, it activates the other person, <laughs> you know, that has the same gifts. And that's partly why we say you're attracted to certain ministers more than others because there's some commonality in what you have and what they do have. So, every one of us are endowed. You might not be manifesting them yet, but you certainly have and contain. Setting gifts of the spirit in your life. God has endowed you with it. God has equipped you with it. God has ensured that you are not a soldier without weapons. That's why Moses said, you are sending me to Egypt. Where is the weapon? <laughs> I'm going to face Pharaoh. Pharaoh is worshipped as a god. He's not a man. He's a god. How am I going to confront him? God said, relax. I got you covered. What do you have in your hand? A rod. Drop it on the ground. So God began to equip him with that supernatural operation of faith and working of miracles that he will need in Egypt so that his assignment in Egypt can have a cutting edge. You have the gifts in your life. You have the gifts of God in your life. And you should stir it up. You should stir up like what Paul told Timothy. He says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. Another time came, he said, "Instead of the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of hands. That's another way in which gifts are imparted, through laying on of hands. The Bible says, and Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses, the servant of God, had laid hands on him. So when hands were laid on Joshua, he received wisdom, the gift of wisdom. He received a greater measure, by far greater measure, of the spirit of wisdom in his life than what he had before. That was imparted by the operation of the laying on of hands. He received the gift of wisdom. That's Joshua. But, Abinitio, you already have something. Amen? You already have. You have the gift of God in your life. You have the gifts of the Spirit. That's why when you spend more time on spiritual things, those gifts now begin to come to the surface because they are already there. But if all we do is spend time on natural things all day, they will be there. They will not, they will just be there. But when we are conscious of and we engage in spiritual things, that's why you find people who when you pray more, you spend time more in prayer, you find out that things begin to come to the fore. Things begin to come to the surface because you are more engaged with spiritual things and spiritual exercises. And when you are engaged with spiritual exercises, spiritual substance and content that you have will begin to come to the surface. Are we still here tonight? Are we still here tonight? So the reason we may not have seen is because we're not even as spiritual as we should be. When you are spiritual as you should be in prayer and all of that, you find out that the gifts of the spirit—they are just—they are just like this. They are just like that. At almost at almost you know I you know I love Spittlego Sword. He's one of the men I really love. Spirit Wiggle Sword is one that said, "If the spirit will not move me, I will move the spirit." Oh my goodness. What a man. He said, The Spirit doesn't move me. In other words, we are waiting for the Holy Ghost to move. He said, No, I will move the Spirit with my faith. So oftentimes he will go into meetings and feel nothing by way of the anointing. But he will move in faith and the gifts will come into operation. That's the same man that walked into his house one day in the middle of the night. He was sleeping. He heard a noise in his in sitting room. And when he got there, he saw Satan sitting on his rocking chair. <laughs> And he said, when you are done, switch off the lights. And he went back to bed. My goodness, <laughs> some people have walked some terrain. If I'm the one, I will plead, <laughs> I will plead the blood. <laughs> I will bind and loose. A personal visitation of the enemy. Sleep has ended now. There's no sleep that night. We've done, that night has become a prayer meeting. Father! <laughs> the man said, when you are done, Switch off the light. And he went back to bed. Men like Lester Somerall, who had cast out a demon from a witch doctor during the day. And then when he ended, when he was sleeping at night, the demon came, the blinds on his window began to move. And the demon moved him and his bed and moved him. And he said, In the name of Jesus, I command you, demon spirit, to leave. And then the blind stopped, and then the demon left. And he remember, no, before that demon came, my bed was in this position. And now the demon has moved it. He said, you demon, I cast you out, come back, move my bed back to where you found it. And then the blind began to move, and then the demon came back and shifted his bed back I said, now in the name of Jesus, you can go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Those are men who walk this terrain, Because they were spiritual, men, I want us to pray tonight. I want us to pray tonight. I want us to pray tonight. Can you just pray tonight? We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.